Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is Adam Carricker on the ticket. Position right of the quarterback, out of the shotgun, first and 20. Jailbreak screen in the air. It is tipped. It is intercepted by Carricker at the Missouri 21-yard line. Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, eight-year NFL vet and All-American defensive lineman, Adam Carricker. Shotgun snap to Everett. He's got the left arm going, and now he's got a whole lot of Adam Carricker who ripped him down inside the 25-yard line. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com, here's your host, Adam Carricker. Welcome, everybody, to Adam Carricker on The Ticket. I am back from vacation a week ago, kind of a vacation, so to speak. First of all, I heard Rico did a phenomenally phenomenal job, and he's trying to take my job. So we're going to have to chat about that just just as we get off air, Rico. Don't be trying to take my job. I heard he did a great job. Thanks for filling in. So it's really what it was. My son had a baseball tournament up in Vail, Colorado, Triple Crown World Series. So we turned... Uh, what was like an 89,000-day tournament into uh, a family vacation as well. We did a little rafting, nothing too crazy. The six-year-old was on board, although there was a, if you want to call it, deserted island, probably about 20 feet by 20 feet. There, there we got to get off and kind of hang out on, and we drove some razors. This was the most fun part, some razors up in the mountains. I think I scared the crap out of uh, my twins that were with me. I grew up riding four-wheelers on the coast of Oregon, so I love to have fun, go fast. I did not scare them too bad. Just just a smidge. Just a smidge. Dakota had fun. She's kind of our uh, crazy twin. Desi's a little bit more uh, quiet to herself, shall we say. But they both did well. By the end, they were like, Dad, that was awesome. Why were you driving so slow? So clearly, they had some fun. All right. So we got a lot to talk about today. We are going to talk Nebraska Football Hall of Fame class. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six new entrants in Nebraska Football Hall of fame class congratulations to my brethren and then taylor martinez apparently caused quite a stir when he was announced that he was going into the hall of fame so we'll chat about that just a little bit as well depending on how how long that takes i got a couple other topics on a deck okay and if i don't get to them today i'll get to them next week conference realignment my prediction and i've kind of talked about this here and there in the past all right i've dabbled in it just a smidge my prediction there's eventually going to be three major conferences big 10 sec and what's the other one and what are the two that go away? Hopefully we get into that today. And who goes where? Okay, I predict there's two 20-team conferences and one potential 30-team conference, depending on what happens, who stays, and who gets booted out of the Power Five. Hopefully we'll get to that today. And last, but certainly not least, who has a brighter future? I actually put this out on social media, I don't know, maybe two months ago, and I was kind of going through some of my notes from past potential shows. And uh, who has a brighter future? Nebraska or Minnesota football. I was like, huh, I never did talk about this on the ticket. I should dabble in that. Now, hopefully we have time to get all these things to all these things today. If we don't, we'll get into them next week. Also, a U.S. volleyball legend, Nebraska volleyball legend at 12.30 p.m. today, Jordan Larson will be joining me. And as always, at the end of the show, the last 10 minutes of the show. All right, call or text your questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, or otherwise. 
402-464, the people's segment, 402-464-5685, 402-464-5685. Hit me up with any questions that you've got. I am live right here, right now. Okay, the people's segment, the last 10 minutes, 12.50 to 1 p.m. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I do got to give, I do got to give a little self-promotion. The Character Chronicles is returning August 1st, August 1st. My first interview, first show is going to be with Prince of Mukamara, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, unanimous All-American, first round draft pick. And my first two interviews are guys that are not only Husker legends, but guys that don't do a lot of interviews. The next one is Roy Hallou, and I'm not going to lie to you. I literally, literally, we just we pre-recorded it, just recorded it. I asked him why. There's, let's just say there's a naked foam rolling story involved, and a lot of laughter ensued. And first he denied it, then he finally admit that I might possibly be uh, not making it up. But, all right, and also the characterchronicles.com, the website, will be launched August 15th. So August 1st, August 15th. Now, real quick, I want to give a shout-out to GE Landscape and Supply. You've probably driven by them. Countless times, likely without even knowing, at 6701 Cornersker Highway. Now it's time to stop in GE Landscape Supply sells to homeowners and contractors with a vast selection of landscaping and construction materials. They sell in bulk to save you money, like Costco or Sam's Club, but better maybe. Buy anything from a five-gallon bucket to a semi-load. And don't forget, they deliver anywhere nearby or far away. Stop by at 6701 Cornersker Highway from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday to Friday at 7 a.m to 4 p.m. on Saturdays. Go to GELandscapesupply.com for more info or call 402-467-1627. Again, the people's segment. Last 10 minutes of the show, sending your comments, questions, concerns, thoughts, or otherwise, 402-464-5685. Let's light this candle. Let's get into the newest, well, soon to be newest, members of the Nebraska Football Hall of Fame class. All right, one of the best ever, David Clark, defensive tackle, from the 1980s. Go back and watch film of this guy. Somehow he's flown under the radar. His name needs to be out there a lot more. Just, just look up some film of this guy. Absolute beast. Defensive tackle from the 1980s. All right. The next person on my list, no particular order here, Mr. Troy Dumas. I'm just going to be honest. This is long overdue. All right. Linebacker, 1990s. Now, I live 15 minutes from Troy. My wife actually coached his daughter. What was it, fourth grade basketball a couple years ago? She's a little athlete. All of his kids are athletes. He's got a huge kid. Um, I, I think he's okay with me with me saying their names is Derek, and then Donovan is the running back. And he's talking about a big running back with speed. All right, let's, Matt Rule, you got to get a, on the phone with Troy right here, right now. Start recruiting those middle school kids. Yeah, I said it. All right, Troy Dumas. Okay, four consecutive Big Eight championship teams he was a part of, four teams that, consecutive in, uh, that competed in the FedEx Orange Bowl. Played defensive back for his first three seasons, then converted to linebacker. Part of that movement to speed on defense in 1994. Six foot four, 220 pounds. Played linebackers, first team all conference, and a semifinalist for the Buckus Award. A third round draft pick and played four years in the NFL. Now, Sam Cook is next on the list. One of my former teammates. All right. You don't see a whole lot of punters, and I witnessed it in person. All right. Rep out 315 on bench. I stood there and I was like, wow. I didn't know punters and kickers knew where the weight room was. This guy clearly does. Very impressed. From York, Nebraska, known for develop, developing many punting variations, revolutionizing his position in the process, a 15-year NFL career, and also currently a, a Ravens special teams consultant. I actually just spoke with him earlier this summer. A six-round pick and just an overall good dude. Kyle Vandenbosch. You want to talk about overdue with this. 
This dude was a beast. I right, second round pick, 12 year NFL career, three time Pro Bowler. I like talking about how these guys had success, obviously, obviously in Nebraska, but how it transcended into the next level. Okay, I think that's always pretty cool. All right, sometimes Heisman Trophy winners, you know, people are like, oh, they can't play in the NFL. Really? Some of them, I'm pretty sure they can, and I'm pretty sure a lot of these guys could too. All right, he was a three time, 1998, 99, 2000 lifter of the year. First team All Big 12. And he owns a Nebraska, I did not know this. He owns a Nebraska single season record with three blocked kicks. And I do got to share a story. So my second year with the St. Louis Rams, yeah, that's how long ago it was, we did a, our first preseason game was against the Tennessee Titans, okay? And Kyle was on the team. And so we went up there a few days early and we practiced against the Titans, okay? Back when you could do two days back in the day. So we went to their facility and that's, where we practiced against them, I think it was three days, all right? I went against one of the all-time great centers. I was at nose guard for some reason, and uh, he made me look silly several times, Kevin Mawai. I've never seen the jump back, throw the nose guard on his face technique before. Learned it that week. Learned how to avoid it, or at least I tried to. All right, but here, here's where the story gets interesting. So I never met Kevin. I'm sorry, Kyle. My bad, Kyle. Apologies. And I never met Kyle. Now, when my agent was trying to get a hold of me after my time was done at Nebraska, he was trying to get me to hire him as his agent. We had the same potential agent for me, and it was his agent. So he left me a voicemail one time on my phone. I called him back. He never did call me back, though. I don't know what that was about. Maybe because I went with a different agent. But so it's my first time seeing Kyle in person. I walk onto the field, and there's Kyle, kind of warming around, getting, getting ready, getting loose, kind of like a wild man. And if you ever watch film of him, there was not a lack of effort on this man's part. I would watch film of him as a rookie and a second, a third year guy. And I, could, I knew immediately when it was Kyle Vandenbosch because it was just so much effort, so much energy. It stood out on the field amongst everybody else that was on the field. Nobody gave more, probably not as much effort and intensity as Kyle did, at least the films that I watched. So he's running around. Step foot on the uh, on this practice field. Now, I've never really practiced practiced against another NFL team before. We always have preseason games and regular season games and the like. And he's just got this crazy look on his face. And then he's got red contacts in. And I was gonna go say hi to him. And then I was like, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna go say hi to him. He looks, I don't know. That doesn't look normal. And I mean that in a 100% respectful manner. He may have, he went against Orlando Pace all day. He was our left tackle, man. And that was a war and a battle to watch. And something I, honestly, I, I brought out the, the pen and paper. I, I took notes and I learned. I learned what Orlando did well against him. And I learned how Kyle had success against the, uh, a future NFL Hall of Famer. So that was kind of a cool little behind the scenes story to Val, Kyle Vandebosch. I thought you all might find interesting. Anyway, anyway, now you got next up is Taylor Martinez. All right. Once known as Team Magic. Okay. I think people forget just how good he was. Had he not gotten hurt? I saw a tweet the other day. If you could erase one player, one player's injury in your lifetime that you've had the privilege of watching and see how their career unfolds otherwise, there was two guys that popped into my mind right away. Number one was Taylor, Taylor Martinez. Number two was Bo Jackson. He was a little bit before my time. So number one was Taylor. Okay, it would have been amazing to see what he could have done had he not gotten hurt and or banged up. But I mean, what he accomplished was still pretty impressive. First team all Big 12, Big 12 offensive freshman of the year in 2010. Ran a true, a true 4-4 40-yard dash. I had a special teams coach uh, when I was in D.C. 
and he would talk about, especially on kickoffs, why y'all running down the field so slow? Y'all talking about these faux, faux 40-yard dashes, and then I time you on film, and you're running like a 5-2. What happened to these true faux, faux 40-yard dashes? Well, Taylor ran a true 4-4 40-yard dash. All right. Number two all-time in Nebraska history when it comes to career passing yards, 8,491. Number two all-time career in career passing touchdowns, 56. Number nine all-time in career rushing yards, 2,975, just under 3,000. And number 10 all-time in career rush yards, I'm sorry, in career rushing touchdowns with 31 rushing touchdowns. All right, Spencer Long from Elkhorn, Nebraska, third-round pick, second-team All-Big Ten, and also a first-team All-Big Ten performer. And I remember when he came to D.C., he was coming in literally just as I was exiting. So, all right, congratulations to all of these individuals. Congratulations on becoming Nebraska Football Hall of Famers. It is well-deserved. You guys are legends. Now, Taylor Martinez caused quite a stir when he was announced into the Nebraska Football Hall of Fame. Why is that? Now, admittedly, I have not looked up anything online. I have not gone into the black hole that can be social media at times. I've not looked to see what uh, what specifically people have had to say, and I'll tell you why. I don't have to. Okay. He was an incredibly talented guy. He was the guy who was up for the conversation, the Heisman conversation as a freshman. All right, the longer his career went on, unfortunately, there was injuries that, that kind of piled up over time. He was a highly competitive guy. Uh, you got the, you know, sometimes his dad getting involved, things of that nature, halftime at Texas A&M. I think some of those things make him a little bit more entertaining to talk about, whether you're on one side of the aisle in this conversation or another polarizing, if you will, so that the moment an individual like that, and you got to keep in mind, before Tommy Armstrong came along, he was number one all-time in career passing yards, okay? He was number one all-time in career passing touchdowns, all right? And had Taylor not gotten hurt, it's crazy to think what could have happened. Now, there were other things involved, some of these things I've mentioned. I think he was polarizing because you're going to get very interesting opinions on both sides of the aisle when things like this happen in a young man's career. Incredibly talented guy, okay? He absolutely deserves to be in the Nebraska Football Hall of Fame. If anybody wants to argue that he shouldn't, like, did you listen to all the stats I just rattled off? Okay, this guy 100% is one of the best to do it. And I know there's more games that are played as time goes along because now you've got more regular season games and you got conference title games, uh, which certain players didn't used to have. And you know, maybe there's more games, so there's more stats to be added to collectively. But it's, it's, it's undeniable the man should be in the Nebraska Football Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Now, here's the deal. I'm not always right. I just always give my opinion. I always give it honestly, passionately, respectfully. So if you disagree with me, let me know. Call or text. I want to talk about this in the people segment at the end. I want to hear your questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, or otherwise. 402-464-5685. I think that's why when Taylor was announced, it was fun to listen. Again, I didn't check online. I just listened to what people say and what people texted me and things of that nature. But to me, he absolutely is a Nebraska Football Hall of Famer, despite anything else. All right. Now, got about 10 minutes before we hit the commercial break. I want to talk a little bit of conference realignment. Now, I'm also, what I'm doing here on the ticket's going to be expanded here in the near future as we get closer to the season. 
just a little bit of heads up there. You might get to see my, uh, not even close to pretty face, twice a week, maybe Mondays and Fridays, coming close to here in the near future. We're working on those fine details, but I'm also doing a Big Ten show. And so I'm getting more interested in the Big Ten as a whole. And also conference realignment is just something that fascinates me. It, it really does. It's always fascinated me. Now, it kind of went in a direction I never thought. There was a time when I thought the Big 12 was going to be gone, and now the Pac-12, soon to be Pac-10 after USC, UCLA, leave. they're thinking, we should have merged with the Big 12. And now the Big 12 is like, nope, we're just going to wait for you to uh, implode, and then we're going to take your teams after you're done as a conference, after you go down to the Pac-10. And then we're just going to pick your conference apart since you didn't want to merge with us a few years ago because I didn't think the Big 12 was going to be around. They were proactive. The Pac-12, soon to be Pac-10, just sat there, and now they're in trouble for it. So. My prediction is this. I predict that in the near future, there's probably going to be four major conferences with the PAC 10, 12, 8, 4, 2, whatever, you, whatever it is eventually, no longer being in existence, maybe five years from now, whatever the case may be. And then I think the Big Ten and the SEC, the rich are just going to get richer. There's a potential that Oregon, Washington, Stanford could potentially join the Big Ten. What happens to Notre Dame? Do they finally have to join a conference? I don't know. They're kind of a standalone thing as per usual. But I know for a fact that the Big Ten and SEC are actually heavily pursuing Virginia. Virginia. All right. North Carolina as well for obvious reasons. But let's just for, for kicks and grins say the Big Ten goes to 20 teams. They had Oregon, Washington, Stanford. Let's say, I don't know, Virginia. Okay, we'll go with Virginia. Let's say the SEC, the rich get richer. Let's say they had Miami of Florida, Florida State, Clemson, and North Carolina. Not Duke, North Carolina. So now they're at 20 teams. Now, the, the ACC has been raided by a lot of these teams. The Pac-10 is obviously, 12 is obviously no longer around. So is there just two major conferences, two major Power Five conferences? I think somehow, against all odds, the Big 12 conference becomes that third power conference just due to becoming a conglomerate of all the teams that are left standing. All the teams that have not been invited to the Big Ten and SEC. Because the Big Ten and SEC aren't going to take a million. A million teams. They're going to take the teams that are worth it. If you aren't raising the amount of money we're making, they don't have to try to get to 20, 25, 30 teams. Okay? There's no reason for that. They're going to take Oregon, not Oregon State. They're going to take Stanford, not Cal. There's a reason I mentioned North Carolina, not Duke. No disrespect to Duke. Okay? And even Virginia over Vatek. So I predict the Big Ten's at 20 teams. The SEC is at 20 teams one day. The ACC has been raided. The Pac-10, Pac 12, 8, 4, 2 is probably long gone at this point. And I think the Big 12 starts to pick off the remaining ACC teams, add them to the teams that they've got, and they just become this big conglomerate of teams. All right. So the teams they have right now, here are the 12 teams. Uh, and again, Texas, Oklahoma are gone in this equation at this point in the future. So you got Oklahoma State, Kansas, Kansas State, Texas Tech, Baylor, Iowa State, TCU, UCF, BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and West Virginia, who's always the odd duck in this equation. Although Cincinnati and, and you know UCF make no sense either. So now West Virginia actually makes sense where they never have. So here are the teams, here are the other 16 Power 5 teams that are going to be scrambling to find a conference, a home. So they're not left completely out in the cold, so they don't become a G5 or whatever team. Oregon State. Washington State, Cal, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, 
Now, they're a bit of a wild card because Dion could make them a lot more intriguing, but then he could also bolt at any point if he starts to do really well. Georgia Tech, Louisville, Duke, NC State, Wake Forest, Va Tech, Boston College, Syracuse, Pittsburgh. And then you got that standalone, unique team, Notre Dame. Do they join the Big Ten finally? I'd be shocked if they joined the Big 12 in this equation. They'd probably be more likely because geography doesn't matter anymore to join the SEC. So they're probably somewhere in the Big Ten or SEC. But if they're not, there's 16 teams that I just mentioned. The 12 that are currently in the Big 12, okay, minus Texas, Oklahoma. If they somehow got Notre Dame, which I don't see happening, it would be 29. And I've always wondered why UConn kind of went away. Their basketball programs are phenomenal. They could be in this equation. I don't know. But you got 28 teams. So currently, for, as, as potential Big 12 type teams, right now, okay, there are 65 power conference teams. All right. This would put us at 69. Okay, I guess once UCF and Cincinnati and BYU and Houston join, I guess there's technically 69 if you want to add UConn, which they're not currently in. That'd be 70. I wouldn't be surprised if the Big 12 was in this model and be like, hey, UConn, come join us for basketball. Try not to suck too hor horrifically horribly at football. But there's 16 teams that are looking for a place to go that the Big 10 and SEC most likely won't be interested in because they're not going to bring the monetary value equivalent to the worth of bringing them in again they're going to bring in a washington not washington state an oregon not an oregon state most likely a virginia not a, a va tech most likely north carolina not a duke and a lot of these teams from the acc that i put in this group are teams that are not currently considered part of the acc what is it magnificent seven that are exploring options outside of the acc and that's why they're they're not a part of this group that i said might go to the big 10 or sec so the big 12 could potentially have 28 29 30 teams would that be equivalent to a 20-team Big Ten, a 20-team SEC? Probably not, but it'd probably be enough to keep them around as a potential power conference as opposed to being demoted or just evaporating like I think some of these other conferences very well might. Now, my thought is, is the Big 12 really going to want this many teams? Because they're going to want money too. They're going to want to make as much money per school as possible. So could some of these... Schools that have been power conference teams for years, could they potentially be on the chopping block if this were to happen one day? And I think it's likely. I think the Big 12, or I'm sorry, the Big 10 is going to get to 20 teams. The SEC is going to get to 20 teams. That's going to water down the pack again, 12, 10, 8, 4, 2, to where it's gone. The ACC is going to hang on by a thread, and then the Big 12 is just going to start picking people off, picking schools off. And they may not be considered the best conference, but they very well could be the largest Power Five conference or conference in America. Now, I do wonder, would the Big 12 want all these teams? Who would they want? Who would they not want? I look at schools like Oregon State. I've been through Corvallis many times, driving through there, driving through Portland, going to ride the dunes of the Oregon coast, Florence, Winchester Bay, Coos Bay. About, about died three different times on a four-wheeler. I won't mention live on the air that those were all three right before Husker football seasons. <clears throat> didn't, didn't, definitely didn't say that out loud. Don't worry, I survived, obviously. Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, they could be in trouble of just being kept around, period. They might go down to being a G5 or whatever type school. I say whatever because there going to be eight group of eight, you know, eight, eight conferences that are not power conferences at that point. Is there going to be five? Is there going to be four? What's it going to look like? That's why this is so intriguing to me. I actually think one of the Arizona schools may not make it. 
other than Arizona basketball and Arizona State, what was it, 1996? Neither one of them tend to stand out. They're usually pretty good, but not great. If you just had one of them as a Power 5 team, would that one team have a lot more effectiveness on the court, on the diamond, on the football field then? Maybe. Georgia Tech, I think Georgia Tech's in trouble. Even before Georgia just became the monster that it is, Georgia Tech was always just hanging on by a thread. I think they had a couple seasons here and there running that triple option. I know they were co-national champs in 1990. I mean, those are few and far between. I look at a school like West Virginia. I don't understand why the ACC doesn't want them. There's something that we don't know. I definitely don't know. Geographically, they should be in the ACC, but they basically rejected them. The ACC did, and that's why they're part of the Big 12. Currently, is there something when the Big 12 gets more options? Because they were just ha- trying to hang on by a thread when they added West Virginia. Because they lost a bunch of their schools at the time. The Big 12 did. So could the West could West Virginia somehow be the oddball in this? Because there's something we don't know about that school. I don't know. Let me know. Do you think there's going to be a 20-team Big 10? A 20-team SEC? Perhaps a 28-team to 30-team, maybe 24 if they get rid of some teams. Big 12 conference and three major conferences one day. Does this interest you like it does me? Let me know. 402-464-5685. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Husker legend Jordan Larkin. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.